Welcome back, everyone, to Check Yourself, a health and wellness podcast aimed at helping you live your best life. This is Leah Burkhart, and today I am speaking with Kelly Clark. Kelly is a physical therapist and an exceptionally knowledgeable one here at Salem Health Hospital. And our conversation today centers around the importance of reducing the risk of and recovering from falls, as in falling down. At first glance, that may seem like a topic we can easily keep at the periphery of wellness. But in truth, it's an incredibly important part of our health and well-being. Injuries that we incur when we fall can have a huge impact on the quality of our lives. We may sustain an injury that makes it difficult to walk or move in general, thus making exercise more challenging. Depending on the nature of the fall, we may even sustain a brain injury. While older adults and young children are at the highest risk for sustaining traumatic brain injury due to falls, everyone is at risk. This is part of why there is an annual Falls Prevention Month every September. The good news is that many falls can indeed be prevented. In our talk today, Kelly and I cover the kinds of things that can lead to a fall and how to treat and or prevent them. We also talk about resources available in our healthcare system that many have no idea even exist. Finally, we end the discussion with an invitation to come to this year's fall prevention event, held on Saturday, September 25th from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. Should you be listening to this after September 25th, 2021, please keep an eye out for future events as this will certainly not be the last we host in our community. You can keep abreast of all events and classes by visiting us at salemhealth.org slash check, C-H-E-C. With that, I bring you Kelly Clark. I'm here with... Kelly Clark. Hi, Kelly. Hi. Um, thanks for having me here. Um, my name is Kelly Clark, as she said, uh, but I'm a physical therapist at our outpatient clinic in neuromuscular, and my specialty is vestibular and balance and neuromuscular. Wow. I don't know what any of those things mean. <laughs> I'd look. Can Tell me more. So let's start with uh, the first part. You work here at Salem Health, and you do what exactly? Uh, physical therapy. So... Okay. Uh, my training, uh, I have my clinical doctorate in physical therapy, okay. um, and I've been practicing here for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and during that time, the first 10 years, I worked at the main hospital, acute care, so helping people get up out of bed or rehab in ICU. Mm-hmm. And then I transitioned over to outpatient neuromuscular, and so continuing with the same goals. So helping mm-hmm. with people walk, safety, strengthening, balance. Got it. Okay. How is it that people end up in your hands? Um, Since becoming more of a specialty in vestibular, um, a lot of times I get special referrals for vestibular, which usually um, correlates with dizziness or vertigo when people have. Sometimes it's also associated with balance. 
Ah, so what would cause someone to have that disorientation, the dizziness, or the lack of balance? Um, there's multiple factors for the dizziness part, and so that's kind of where a specialty assessment comes into play. Mm-hmm. Um, so dizziness, one of the main contributors and the most common reason people have dizziness is from positional vertigo. Uh, a lot of people nickname it that I have the crystals are moving in my ear, that, so they usually nickname that in the general public. Um, but that is one w- that we'll assess. If you don't have that, there's other factors that can cause people to feel dizzy, mm-hmm. whether it's a neurologic event, um, a virus that is uh, settled inside your ear. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are reasons why people may feel dizzy. Other contributing factors might be uh, changes in blood pressure, mm-hmm. or also if you've had um, muscle tension or tightness, usually associated with maybe a car accident, you can get feedback from the muscles in your neck to cause you to feel dizzy. Mm. Mm-hmm. And are most of these situ- like these things that you've just raised, so I'm thinking vertigo is one example, Yeah, is that a chronic ailment or is that often something that's acute? It, it happens for a short period of time and then it passes, or is it something people might be dealing with? for a long time? Uh, Both. So some people, like if they have positional vertigo or if they're having problems with muscle tension in their neck or if it was the virus that caused the dizziness, Mm -hmm. um, then it's a short duration. If they've had something like a stroke or they have another neurologic event, then that's more of a central problem and so that can have longer term dizziness. Mm. Okay, so I'm a patient. Yes. I have these grievances. Mm-hmm. I've come to you. Mm-hmm. What's the flow look like? What is it that you help these folks to do in, in sort of the, in the detailed fashion? Like, are you helping them with, you know, set up specific exercises? Is it more, um, I'll just stop talking and let you talk. <laughs> That's right. Um, the ber- first thing, the most important thing is actually doing a complete assessment. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of times if you don't do a full assessment then you'll go down the wrong path and you're not going to give them the correct treatment. Um, so both myself and my colleague um, we have had special training at Emory University for vestibular um, impairments and so that's why we have a pretty specific um, and consistent routine for our assessment so we don't miss any areas. Got so it. that's the key and then depending on what our assessment determines is causing the problems, whether it is dizziness, vision problems, or off-balance, or strength issues, then that's how we develop a plan. Okay, and then the plan might look different depending, it's customized to each person. Everybody, yeah, is different, so, and just because someone may have the same diagnosis does not mean they have the same treatment plan. Uh Um, And then the other thing is, with our assessments, we're not assuming something too. Uh, A good example is, um, that was training a new grad, we had a patient come in and they had a concussion, which can cause dizziness. Um, But a lot of times people with concussions can also have positional vertigo, which is actually something you can correct in one session of treatment. Mm -hmm. Um, And this person happened to have no symptoms of concussion, but they did have positional vertigo. And if we just assumed that person had a concussion and treated them for that, they would never have had the positional vertigo result because it's a different Mm -hmm. treatment. So something simple as that. So you have to do the whole thing. Got it. Yeah. So what do you like best about what you do? I think I like the part that it is so unique and individualized. Mm -hmm. Um, 
every people patients will come in with a, the diagnosis of dizziness but you don't necessarily know which direction and what's causing that and so you have to find what is actually the problem mm-hmm. and then a lot of times it's something very simple and you can correct that day which is very satisfying both for the patient because they may have been suffering for years with the problem as well as myself that I can make a change that's life-altering in about an hour so wow yeah is there a particular age group that you see mostly, or is it wide and varied? Could be anyone from, you know, birth to end of life, or do, is there a cohort that you spend most of your time with? Um, I can see between, it will be, as long as they're mobile, the birth, <laughs> so as long as they're young. So I've seen as young as like four years old, mm-hmm. um, all the way up. I think my oldest recently was in their late 90s. Um, and then positional vertigo being the most common can happen in their 20s and up, but it usually is a little bit more prevalent as we get older um, in our more retirement years. So, Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. But just depending, uh, but if we go back to concussions, that could be anything from uh, a grade school kid to someone, again, who are in their 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's one of the factors. Most people assume that concussions happen when someone is in athletic events, the young, but actually the most prevalent for concussions are actually community individuals who take a slip and fall. Ah. They're a higher prevalence than athletes. Well, you know, since you mentioned falling, we're yeah. actually, as we're recording this, heading into, you know, pre- falls prevention. Yes. Um, Tell us a bit about what the risks are with falling. This is, of course, one of them. Yeah. But why why is it that we have a whole month or a whole sequence that's devoted to helping people prevent falling? It doesn't seem like that would be a big deal. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I mean, one is being a huge uh, risk factor as we get older. Uh, and when you have one fall, it can lead to multiple other events, um, concussion, head injury, uh, broken bones, hip fractures, uh, ankle fractures, mm-hmm. hospitalizations. And what we find is if you've had a really pretty substantial fall, you have a higher risk of falling again, and that, as well as it reduces you know, your life expectancy. So that makes a big difference. Wow. And is it, it's reducing your life expectancy. Mm-hmm. Is it really clear why? Or is it, I mean, I know you're telling me some of the things that happen yeah. after a fall, but is it, can you draw a direct line? There's a lot of reasons why. I mean, one could be the injury of what you had. So if you sustain like a head injury from that fall, that's mm-hmm. going to change your health. Um, but then also, once you've had a fall, most people also reduce the amount of movement they do, which increases their risk of falling. So because they feel like if I don't move as much, then I don't have as high a risk of falling. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a cascade effect. Um, we lose our strength. We lose our coordination. Um, mm-hmm. And so then we're not moving. And then those increased factors like lung capacity, our endurance, and how our body fights off diseases, immune system. It's just a cascade effect. What's coming to my mind is a, I, I took a class in grad school, and I remember someone showing us an image of a person. This was a practitioner who, you know, did some um, physical therapy. Yeah. And one of the first things that she, was she in this case, had her patients do uh, would be to just stand straight Mm -hmm. with their eyes closed Mm -hmm. and say, I just want you to stand the way you normally stand. Like, what does balanced look like? Mm -hmm. And she would detect these really subtle differences in the way that maybe they would lean a little bit on their right 
or on their left because mm-hmm. they had a previous injury. Mm-hmm. But they didn't know that they were doing that. They've been doing that so long mm-hmm. that that was normal to them. So she'd have them keep their eyes closed, and then she would shift them so that they're, they were keeping their weight balanced the way it should look. Mm-hmm. And she'd ask, you know, keep your eyes closed. How does this feel? Mm-hmm. And they would say, it feels like I'm leaning too far to the other direction and then she'd have them open their eyes and look in a mirror and then they'd say oh Mm -hmm. I had no idea (laughs) like all that time I was leaning on this other leg and it was just this tiny little shift that she had them you know see and explore yeah and just by having them work on that for you know months and months because you're having to kind of untangle all kinds of habits around this one very subtle shift uh, folks were able to avoid surgery in some cases. Mm-hmm. They were able to get less, there was less fear as it related to exercising because they understood what they were kind of doing and ways they could correct it. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something that you've had experience with, like having these just subtle changes with folks and they go, oh. Mm-hmm. Ah, and that's kind of what you kind of touched on some of the three systems, uh, what we use for balance. So one is vision that we tend to depend on the most. Mm-hmm. Um, two is the feeling of our feet, so if you have sensation in your feet. And the third one, which I told, uh, I spoke of, is vestibular system. That's the system in your ears. So I always tell people, like, if you were on, a, like on sand and you closed your eyes on the beach, uh-huh. then you would have to use your vestibular system to maintain balance. Yeah. Um, if you didn't have your system, then you would fall over because you wouldn't have any information to know where your body is in place. So with that example, what you had for the clinician doing that with eyes closed, they took away your vision, and so you had to focus on the feeling of your feet and then your vestibular system. Mm -hmm. And so some of those individuals might have had an imbalance in their system, one ear working better than another, Mm -hmm. um, or even sensation where their body is in space was not the same. So that's why they would shift, because they were using the other two systems to correct. But once they opened their eyes, they would be able to see and get that feedback from the mirror that they're not upright. Mm. So that's a lot of the training that we'll do with some of our patients, too. Because once Mm -hmm. they've recovered from being dizzy or off balance, we're teaching them where their body is in space. Mm -hmm. And then also how to correct for that. Um, so utilizing their ankles for shifting their body weight because mm-hmm. a lot of times when people have had falls or balance issues then they'll become really tight or high guard and mm-hmm. so if any little bump will make them fall over so interesting so you, any little bump could make them fall over that's going to be most likely linked with the vestibular system being disrupted or it could be any of the three any of all of that that's why or even just because they took a fall I see. two months ago and they had to they hurt themselves and then so now they're not moving and so then they're fearful of moving and mm-hmm. so then they don't get up and move and then they tighten all their muscles like a co-contraction so then they're not going to take any perturbations any bumps that we might do that you naturally would so if you stepped on a rock on one foot normally we'd just correct by shifting our ankles a little bit but if they have no shift in their ankles or the rest of their body they might just tip over yeah that's why it's kind of like once falling starts it's really important to get assessed that makes a lot of sense yeah and avoid it if we can at the beginning I was so yeah, yeah. I mean, in terms of avoiding it, so maybe we'll start. We'll go from prevention to treatment to post. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I'm a human, and I'd really like to avoid not. I'd like to avoid falling. Yes. That's what good. can I do? One of the biggest things is maintain movement. 
keep moving. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I saw one of the questions as like what we can do even for younger individuals is keep moving. Mm-hmm. Um, because if we're moving, we're doing multiple things. We're using our systems, like our vision, uh, stimulating that system in our ears to know where we are in space. But then we're also doing strengthening because we're using our muscles and then the cardiovascular to keep our endurance up. Mm. Um, what I find is when people stop moving, even some of the younger generations that are not moving as much, uh, they're having balance issues coming in too. And they're only in their 20s. And it's because they're not moving and u- using their systems. I always kind of compare them to like grade school kids. You always see them twirling around and spinning and playing on this swing. Well, they're constantly using all their balance systems to do that. But mm-hmm. sometimes as we get older and we don't move as much, we're not using all those sympt- systems. And so then we don't know where our body is in space and we start falling. Yeah. So just something as simple as moving. Does it matter? So does the diversity of movement that we incorporate matter? Such as like... So as an example, I'm thinking of folks who are really tight. So I've got a Fitbit and I'm all over, you know, it's like, I want to get my steps. So let's say you've got someone who's kind of gotten a little myopic with their Mm -hmm. Fitbit tracker. And it's like, all I do are steps. I do all the steps. Mm -hmm. Is it possible that that person, I mean, that's, that's miles ahead of doing nothing at all. Mm -hmm. But would it be even better if, and not just with walking and running, they also incorporated, you mentioned the spinning and like mm-hmm. swinging or strength training. Strength training, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, and even just walking. That's okay. one of the first things with some of our patients who are either having balance issues or dizziness or things like that. Once we start to get the dizziness under control, we want them to go out and walk because mm-hmm. you're getting so much input because you're seeing the trees go by. So we're getting that visual stimuli. Our body is moving in space, which triggers our vestibular system to work. We're feeling the ground move on our feet. So mm-hmm. all three of those systems are working. So just even walking. Mm. Spinning would be fun, but I like spinning. However, a lot of people are motion sensitive even when they're <laughs> younger, so they probably wouldn't enjoy that. So <laughs> I <laughs> can relate to that. Yeah, you're like, but then... As we get older, I mean, and it's a good habit of strength training even when we're younger Mm because that's building bone mass and our muscle mass. Mm -hmm. Um, And then even more prevalent as we try to stay consistent with it as we get older. Mm -hmm. So just to maintain that because, again, what we'll do is get away from it and we lose bone and muscle mass so much faster as we get older. So, Yeah, as I understand it, we start losing muscle mass when we're like about right around 40 is that right or is it even sooner even sooner yeah and so yeah that's why when we talk about weight training and just and it doesn't have to be free weights or things like that I always even encourage people to practice things like yoga or tai chi that are standing activities that are still doing strengthening and weight bearing activities Mm -hmm. okay bonus for those two is then you do incorporate balance Yes, especially with things like yoga, mm-hmm. even Pilates or mm-hmm. Bari or uh, there's all kinds of stuff now that, that all kinds of hybrids that I'm starting to see. Yeah. <laughs> so then oh, I had a question I was just thinking. Oh, so with bone mass, mm-hmm. uh, I've had folks, you know, we have sort of a bone density screener that we can bring to community events and yeah. you know, things of that nature. And they, so they get their score. Yeah. And it, it's kind of backwards, like they get a score and the higher it is 
the worse that that is because what that means is there's been more bone density loss if i remember correctly could be yeah so that's okay. not my area but yeah oh, okay. oh, got it okay. yeah <laughs> i just wasn't sure if that was a, a part of some of the education that you're giving folks with as it relates to like physical therapy you know uh, trying to make sure that their bones stay strengthened unless i just wasn't sure yeah, a lot of it's just maintaining strengthening. Because if you're doing a strengthening activity, then you're putting that pressure that to go and build bone mass. Because if we're not on our bones, then it's not encouraging bone development. Mm-hmm. So that's why I encourage like things on your feet, weight-bearing activities, as well as strength training can help with both of those, muscle and bone. Gotcha. Yeah. So if I'm you know a young whippersnapper and I'm in my 20s or mm-hmm. even teens, starting, you know, be thinking about this no matter what age is yes. pretty much the takeaway here. Yes, and it's a lot easier to start in your 20s to get a routine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always encourage people to find something you enjoy. Mm-hmm. If it's an assignment, you're probably not going to maintain it gotcha. uh, for longevity. But if it is something like going for walks and doing some yoga, then that's perfect. Mm-hmm. If it's riding your bike or playing basketball, that's great. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be a specific activity. It's got to be something that you enjoy, too. Mm-hmm. So because you'll never continue. Yeah. yeah. I've had people ask me before, what kind of exercise should I do? And my response is invariably, the one you will do. Mm-hmm. The one you like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Move in a way that doesn't feel like punishment. Mm-hmm. That's the one. That mm-hmm. one. Whatever that one is for you. <laughs> yeah. And that will keep you healthy and active and doing the things you want to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's the prevention piece. So that's yes. primarily, is there anything else that you would say to folks as it relates to prevention? For falling in general? Yeah. There's a lot of things, especially um, just even in our home. I mean, that was more the movement. If you're moving and maintaining your body, but then there's also your environment, Mm -hmm. looking around your house to make sure there's no rugs or cords, tripping factors, Mm -hmm. um, things like that. Also talking to your doctor or pharmacist for medications that might cause you to feel either dizzy or off balance or lightheaded. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of medications that have a side effect. Um, like what you talked about touching on is bone density scans are always good just for information. Mm-hmm. So a lot of those activities are, are helpful just to be proactive. Mm-hmm. So you're not getting into a situation where you slipped on a rug or a cat tripped you or something like that. Gotcha. Oh, and they're good too. Cats mm-hmm. and dogs both. Mm-hmm. Man, mm-hmm. they know exactly where to stand or yes. wrap around your ankles. Yes. <laughs> they're good. They're good. <laughs> mm-hmm. So let's say then, now it's the next phase. I, I've done all the r- things that I could do mm-hmm. to try and prevent it, but here I am. For whatever the reason may be, I have fallen. Yes. And I incurred an injury. Yeah. So I've, I imagine I would end up in your hands? Potentially, yes. Mine or my colleagues, yes. Okay, got yep. it. Mm-hmm. And so what happens next? I know you mentioned assessment. Yes. And like, what, take it from there. What would I expect? Part of it is just the subjective on kind of mm-hmm. what are the things that you're having difficulty with, whether mm-hmm. it's uh, activities at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we t- start to screen some of the other parts of the areas that might be- cause balance problems or dizziness. So mm-hmm. how's your vision? Um, are you having any hearing loss um, or ringing in your ears? Because that can sometimes associate with vestibular loss. Mm-hmm. Um, can you feel your feet? Are they numb or tingly? Mm-hmm. Um, so going through that, we'll, for my area, we'll do an ocular assessment to see if your eyes are coordinating together. Because mm-hmm. if sometimes people see double vision or blurry vision or their glasses aren't up to, up to date. And so mm-hmm. that gives you false information when you're getting up and moving. 
Um, and then we'll do, test your vestibular system to see if that's working in coordination with your eyes. Mm -hmm. um, part of that's in in-room light, but then we also have infrared goggles that we put on to see. To, we will record your eyes to see what movements are going on because your eyes will tell us kind of what's going on with your ears. So they're coordinated together on a one-to-one. -one. Really? Yeah. Um, that's part of it, as well as a balance assessment, kind of like what you talked about, starting with eyes open, then mm -hmm. eyes closed. Then we'll put a squishy pad out there that you get to stand on for a compliant surface and see if you can maintain that. Mm -hmm. And then also do all that with eyes closed. So and that really hones in a little bit more on your vestibular system if it's working. Interesting. And then strength testing. Uh-huh. And then we might do more of a dynamic balance if balance is more your your concern versus if it's more vestibular, then we might screen for other issues like dizziness issues. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then depending on what we find in all that, then we'll go and assign you something to do at home. All right. So mm -hmm. we've done all the things, mm -hmm. all the assessments in play, and yeah. I've been assigned some things to do at home. Yes. And let's say that I've been doing those exercises conscientiously yeah and I'm coming in for a checkup yeah in terms of like post fall mm -hmm. care mm -hmm. is is there like a, a time limit for the amount of time that I ha I should be doing those exercises or or whatever the assignment may be is it like yeah is there a duration that's concrete or is it intended to be something I do forever just depends on what uh, the area is that is affected. Um, so like if it's strengthening, it's weakness that you have. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna be incorporating strength training in that area. And that'll be something that might be something for life because mm -hmm. you wanna do some strength training. And usually it's because someone hasn't been doing anything mm -hmm. for strengthening. And so we try to get your strength up to a certain point um, and then see what kind of exercises you can do to consistently that will maintain your strength for life. If it's something like, let's say you have numb feet, so you can't feel your feet, we're probably gonna be working on something called substitution. So do you need a cane or walking stick to kind of give you more information? Because if you can't feel where your feet are, we can't really correct that. That's kind of how our feet have gone and they've gone away. But we can substitute with like hiking sticks or a walker. And so that way you'll get input into your hands and know where your body is in space better. So that mm -hmm. way you can walk safely. Um, if it's a vision issue, like coordination with your vision, then we might give you eye exercises. And once you get your eyes coordinated and working how they should, then it might be just you do it once a week just to maintain that coordination. Mm -hmm. um, if it's a dizzy issue, like for positional vertigo, hopefully we can see you that day and correct that part. Mm -hmm. That's one of the few that we can correct in one day. And then it might just be a follow-up with one or two visits just to get you moving again because you haven't been moving because you felt dizzy. Got it. So, yeah, it just depends. That's the neat part. Okay. Yeah, so and that really gets right back to it's, it's, it's every individual. It is very individual. That's one thing I appreciate. Um, and that's why I like it is every day is different. So, mm -hmm. But, I mean, going back to even the positional vertigo, I've had people who've had it for three or four years. Mm. And they've seen specialists, and then it takes one day. So I always try to reiterate: if you're, it's not normal to feel dizzy, so at least get it checked out. Or it could be something that's a blood pressure issue, which kind of cues you, like maybe I should talk to my doctor. If something mm -hmm. else is going on. Yeah, it's got to feel good from the, on the, from the patient side yeah. to have someone validate that for them. Like, oh, definitely. No, this is not just 
comes with age situation, yeah. you shouldn't have to feel dizzy. Correct. Let's get to the bottom of this. Yeah. And it could be something simple. Um, I've had a handful of people, it's just because they're wearing progressive lenses, they feel dizzy. Mm-hmm. And they're an active listener, so they nod their head, and that makes them feel dizzy or nauseated. And what we mm-hmm. find is maybe you can't tolerate progressive lenses, which is a simple fix. You go back and you correct your glasses, yeah. and then you don't feel nauseated during the day. So it's nice to see just simple fixes sometimes. That's why we do a full assessment, and we don't skip any parts, because we want to make sure what is actually going on. It really is amazing how often it's just this small change. I mean, you know, you see the shows... Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of, um, I don't know, Dr. House or something. You know, you see these really elaborate. dramatic, elaborate <laughs> situations. And most of the time, I don't know if it's most, but a good chunk of the time, it's just being able to hold a space for the patient and really ask the right questions. Yeah. And then make the tweaks necessary. And then it's like, oh, mm-hmm. this one change made this, like, was a game changer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, especially with positional, because about half of the cases are that. So it's so quick to correct. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of my patients think it's really weird, um, but it, that you're able to do something that's an easy correction and then they're better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's say now that they've got the patient who's, I've fallen, yep. and then I, I went through whatever the changes are that you recommended, and mm-hmm. now it's way post. Okay. And I'm now thinking, I'm, I'm kind of got my bearings back, I'm feeling yeah. good, but now I want to prevent it from happening again. Because mm-hmm. you just said it increases the likelihood that it will happen again if Correct. I've had it once. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you recommend to folks who might be listening in and are, again, conscientious Yeah, and are saying, I really don't want this to happen again. Are there any magic tricks or mm-hmm. you know, tricks of the trade mm-hmm. that I should be incorporating? Well, hopefully uh, during that time that they've spent with therapy, they've learned a home program uh-huh. that they're doing. Like that's why when I usually ask them, um, are you walking daily? Mm-hmm. And so that's part of it. And are you doing your homework? So some of the exercises, even just a couple times a week, can make a huge difference. It does, and the nice part about balance exercises, it doesn't take a long time, mm-hmm. um, maybe five minutes a day. So I always tell people, can you do it like after you finish a coffee in the morning or something? Just take five minutes, go for your walk, go do your balance, do some of that. And so if they've built in a routine while they're with physical therapy, that helps too because mm-hmm. they already have a routine. And then second, doing some of the safety measures that we talked about, which is um, if you do have symptoms or you have medication changes, talk to your doctor if any of the mm-hmm. symptoms are associated with that. Manage your blood pressure. Uh, make sure the area that you're walking is clear and safe, mm-hmm. not having a lot of clutter. Um, make sure your correction of your vision is corrected and go to the eye doctor regularly. Mm-hmm. So, because it is going to change. I get to go next week because I have progressives too. So I have to get new glasses every year because my eyes are getting older. Mm-hmm. A lot of times even with, this recently happened with my dad. He um, has perfect vision, but he had cataracts. And so mm-hmm. then he had to go and get them corrected. He did not realize how much he didn't see until he got them corrected. It's huge because we get used to it. Yes, that's I've so I've said this quote so many times, and I because mm-hmm. it's not mine. It was from someone else I knew. He said the best part about being a human is that you can adapt to just about anything. Mm-hmm. The worst part about being human is that you can adapt to just about anything. Correct. <laughs> so mm-hmm. if you're sitting there in that space of thinking, well, this is just the new normal, and and it's happening gradually enough. Yeah. It makes sense that, for example, they're sitting in front of you and you just change their eyeglasses and they go, oh. Oh, I can see it now. <laughs> oh, you mean yeah. I didn't have to be nauseous every day? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. It's... Yeah, with the view that when we take 
took away their glasses and it was making them nauseated. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something simple like that. So it's just being being proactive. All the things that you're supposed to do, checkups, changing mm-hmm. your glasses, keep moving. Yeah. What do you think might be the biggest barrier for someone to getting the care they need? So, I mean, because you've mentioned there have been folks who might have been enduring this for a long time, mm-hmm. and then they come and see you, and it's almost like, I could have fixed this. Yeah. <laughs> I think, and for us, I think that they don't realize there is vestibular therapy. Ah. That's the biggest thing I hear is, like, I didn't even know that was an area of physical therapy. I think a lot of people think of uh, after my new knee or an ankle sprain or... You know, Mm -hmm. after I've suffered a stroke, learning how to walk again. Versus this is an area that's specific for anything that's dizzy. Uh So, and so a lot of people don't even know that's a kind of therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, Also giving a shout out to our occupational therapists. We have therapists that do vision in occupational therapy. So if your eyes aren't coordinating together or you're having double vision, Mm -hmm. then they work with you and give you exercises to do at home to coordinate those muscles in your eyes so you can actually see clear. Mm -hmm. Some people go to the eye doctor and they're seeing okay with the eye exam, but they can't coordinate their eyes. And so that causes double or blurry vision. Mm. So that's why I said people just don't realize that we're here. Yeah, because that's... I mean, a perfect example. I'm sitting across from you, and you said, "Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm a th- physical therapist, and I work specifically, in, you know, with vestibular." And I'm sitting here going, "All in my brain just went." Yeah. It's like that's awesome. What, what is, is that? It? What is it? Yes, <laughs> yes. That's why I said it's it, a lot of people just don't know we're here, and that yeah. there's a specialty, and then also some of the one conditions like positional vertigo that you can correct in one session, which is very exciting for people. We don't really get to say that much in therapy or medicine that we can correct it today. Yeah. So, and it's not invasive. So, which is even better for people. So, is it something that most folks have coverage for or do do most of the folks who see you end up having to pay out of pocket or does it depend I imagine on their insurance coverage or how how does that part of it work? It probably depends on their insurance coverage but most of them have coverage for that so at least for the evaluation like if it's just for dizziness let's say Mm -hmm. positional usually they're covered for their initial evaluation and if we can correct it that day that's perfect Mm -hmm. Um, and then if you're having more balance issues then that's usually covered Mm-hmm. Balance, gait, abnormalities, things like that that they usually put on the for the codes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you have any partnerships with other? Uh, mem- I guess what I'm imagining is if you've been working with a patient, I I can just imagine myself getting very attached to you mm-hmm. and wanting to sort of come back and say no, no, but I want you to tell me what to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you? Is there like a handoff at some point where you say, you know, you're doing a really great job at this point. If you want to graduate into bigger, better things and get mm-hmm. stronger, I recommend a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. Here's who I'd recommend. Like, is there any kind of handoff like that? Or do they stay with you indefinitely? Um, neither. Um, oh. Neither. Usually, and I kind of set it up because I think part of it is initially that first assessment, they get all the inform- a lot of information. Mm-hmm. And then it's reiterating the fact it's something simple. You don't have to have something complex to maintain mm-hmm. what you're doing. Um, and they've learned it. And usually by the time um, I feel they're ready, then they feel they're ready too. Because I usually, and I always, when we start to get to that point, I always ask that question on what do you want to focus on today? Mm-hmm. So, because um, I could come and present lots of things and make it challenging for anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I could have a gymnast who's in, in college and I can make it challenging for them, but it's whatever they need that they feel. And if they're kind of coming to the point where you're like, no, I think I got it. Or maybe just one other exercise and I'm good. And I know that they're ready too. Because that's yeah. the goal is they should have the confidence and the skills and the tools that they need to keep doing it. And then if they do have symptoms either increase, like if they've had some tripping, if it's balance related, or if their dizziness comes back, then they know where to come. Yeah. That's usually the the safety net for them is they know they have a routine that they've already been doing consistently and they feel better they're doing the things they want to do and then if they need to come back like a year from now they know just to get a referral from their primary and they can come back and see me i see and give me just a checkup oh nice yeah so it's not like okay yeah and i've had that even with the positional vertigo that only takes one or two treatments maybe to correct Mm -hmm. and then i might not see them again for two years and then they come in and they kind of know what it is it's like it came back kelly (laughs) it's like and it's on the right and i was like okay can we check a couple things first and then we can do a reassessment and then yeah wow so the goal is yeah they don't really have to see us for a long time which is really neat too because then we can see get them out there and doing the things they want what would lead to them saying you like you just mentioned one person it's coming back kelly and it's on my left side like Mm -hmm. what often leads to the remission or not remission sorry the like correction yes thank you um so uh benign proximal positional vertigo is usually that's the one that's the quick correction um and then most prevalent um and when we test for it uh it's a very gentle easy test where you just you're sitting upright you turn to your head to the right to test the right side and you lay down Mm -hmm. if you're positive you're going to have torsional nystagmus which means your eyes rotate and beat towards the right side which is like a reflex normally doesn't happen unless you have it and the person feels dizzy so when someone knows that that's come back, they'll lie down in bed and roll over to turn on their alarm clock and they'll feel dizzy. And that's how they kind of know because it is specific for a position um, and it usually lasts a short duration, like 10 seconds up to maybe a minute and then it goes away. And so once someone's felt that and they know what it is, uh-huh. they know that it's like, oh, it's there. Mm-hmm. With that um, diagnosis the correction is very easy so if it is on the right side Mm -hmm. we just have them maintain lying there until the dizziness subsides Mm -hmm. then you just turn your head to the left wait turn your head or turn over onto your left side wait Mm -hmm. and then sit up that's the correction so it's very gentle Mm -hmm. the the trick to that one is just knowing which side is affected and which canal because there's three canals on one ear and three on the other Mm-hmm. So you don't want to do necessarily correction for one side if it's on the other side. It'll just make you feel dizzy. Yeah, I can <laughs> imagine. <laughs> um, so that's why someone who knows that it came back and then knows some of the factors like rolling to their right when they do something, out of getting out of bed or something, they know that feeling and they know that short duration, so they feel like it's going to be the positional. I see. Yeah. So that's how some of them know. So yeah. in terms of... Uh, I'm thinking of the environment because you mentioned this briefly mm-hmm. uh, and in my brain the two things that are happening are you know someone who's fearful of doing a lot of movement and mm-hmm. let's say it's one of the fear aspects is oh I have a two-story house yeah and I'm I've moved everything downstairs so that I don't have to go up those stairs because I'm afraid of falling mm-hmm. uh, with your expertise are you more on the side of yeah, that's a great idea, and maybe even think of getting a single-story home? Or would you be more on the side of, 
well, yeah, go ahead and do that. But I also think it would be wise to go up and down the stairs to build that muscle. Mm-hmm. Like, where do you fall in that range? Or is it somewhere in the middle? It's somewhere in the middle, depending on the mm-hmm. patient, yeah. Um, and if they were in the clinic, that would probably be something we'd test out. I see. Yeah, uh, where we we have many stairs in our clinic and building them. So then we would start to practice stairs just to see how they look. Mm-hmm. Um, but then if they have multiple factors, like if they can't really feel their feet um, and they can't really see very well, then they have other factors that are gonna contribute to their balance loss that won't even be a strength issue. And so that might be them being wiser if they have other contributing factors to maybe have a one level mm-hmm. versus if it's more of a strength issue and they just need to practice and build up the confidence and stability, then we would practice it. Yeah. Yep. It, it keeps coming back to the answer, it depends. It depends. Yeah. <laughs> well, everybody's different. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it's similar in, in my, like, as I'm looking at it, it sounds very similar to nutrition. Mm-hmm. You know, when people say, well, what should I eat? And it's mm-hmm. like... Well, I can give you some basic principles. Mm-hmm. So real food is going to be better than highly processed food mm-hmm. with ingredients you don't recognize. Mm-hmm. Um, vegetables in general are good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the same way, it sounds like you have a similar kind of conversation where it's like, yeah. exercise is always going to be good for you. Yeah, some movement. Yeah, some movement of some kind is good mm-hmm. for everyone. But then when you really get to the nitty gritty... It's just as with nutrition. It's yeah. like, well, if you're celiac, that would have, have a very different conversation mm-hmm. than if you're diabetic but have no issues with gluten. Or, mm-hmm. you know, like, like every conversation is going to be unique. And mm-hmm. so that's where it keeps landing for you where, yeah. you know, there's general principles I can tell a population. But yeah. ultimately, each person is their own. Their own thing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Which is nice. Yes. Uh, well, that's the good news and the bad news. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can't make a generalization. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But luckily, like in our area, um, I can definitely tell you, you'll get an individualized assessment, you'll get a full assessment, and then you'll mm-hmm. understand why, which is what we really appreciate. Because even if it's something that's longer-term issues for either dizziness or balance, most people feel good knowing, understanding why it mm-hmm. is, and that's half of it, versus going from one specialty to another and another test and not necessarily knowing why yes so and then if they do need to make some modifications whether it's substitution or practicing something then they're usually agreeable to it so Mm. yeah because they understand why it is and they don't have to go for more tests which is always nice or another appointment yes Mm-hmm. Well, especially during COVID. I mean, as we're recording this, it's yeah. still, you know, rampant. And so yeah. it's like, I don't want to have to go to do more appointments than I absolutely have to Yeah. if I don't have to. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So are there any buzzwords? Because you just mentioned that one of the best ways to get a hold of you and mm-hmm. your, your team would be to get a referral. Yeah. Um, are there special buzzwords that you would want the population to know or like special indicators that you would want them to then report to a their primary care um dizzy okay that's a good one that's the big one that's it i mean yeah people say i'm having vertigo i'm feeling dizzy Mm -hmm. um and then a balance as well okay um because there's about there's four of us that in my department in neuro that uh treat and assess Mm -hmm. for dizziness um as well as all of the therapists um in our whole building can treat for balance because that's part of it so Mm -hmm. yeah we all have experience but if it's specifically for dizziness and vertigo then that's usually why I tell people to have the doctor write that because that will cue the people going through the orders to go to one of the specialists that does dizzy nice yeah that's helpful to know yeah so 
I mean, last question. Sure. Um, in, if you were sort of, I don't know, I guess I'll say elevator speech, but it's sort of like the biggest nugget, the biggest takeaway you would want folks to have from this mm-hmm. conversation, uh, what would that be? And a, you know, a sentence or two or even a small paragraph. Like, mm-hmm. What is the biggest takeaway you would want listeners to walk away with? Mm-hmm. Um, one would be keep moving uh-huh. whatever way you enjoy. Um, and then two, if you do have symptoms, talk to your doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it could be something if it's just like episodic dizziness, it could be something that can be corrected. Mm-hmm. If it's you're feeling lightheaded, it's maybe nice to check into your blood pressure. It's just nice to go and do a check when it's just a simple problem just to mention. So Wonderful. those are the two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for coming on and for sharing your wisdom and mm-hmm. your time. You are incredibly knowledgeable. Oh, thank you. Um, is huh. there any information you'd want in terms of, uh, like if folks wanted to ha- had questions, mm-hmm. uh, is there anything else you would want people to know about specifically, like email this center, or is it really just, nope, talk to your doctor? Um, well, that's how to see an individual therapist, but we do have uh, September 25th, I believe, here mm-hmm. at the check, we are doing um, a Better Balance Fair. Mm-hmm. And uh, myself, as well as my colleagues who assess for balance, will be there from 8 until 10. So if you do have more questions on vestibular dizziness or balance, we're going to be there to answer questions. But we're also going to be doing free screening, too, for balance mm-hmm. as well. And then I think, I believe there will be additional booths there, too, to give you information about how you can make safe uh, choices for home or improve your balance at home. So that yep. will be the biggest thing. Um, but if you feel like you do have symptoms of dizziness or difficulty with that, just, I always say, call your doctor and they can send a referral. It's usually, now you can just get online too and send them a, a message. And so that's really quick. I've seen that a lot of patients will just get online to their MyChart mm-hmm. and send a quick message and the doctor will send the referral and get them in. That is awesome. I well, know. And thank you so much for sharing that too, because yes, it is nice to know community events that are coming up. Coming up soon. So yes, we'll, we'll be, be there. there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you so much again. This has been fabulous. Okay, thanks.